You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of Special Reports on Legal Talk Network. This is January Kim from Whiting Case, and I'm the host for today's show, which is being recorded on location at the ABA's Antitrust Law 2017 Spring Meeting in Washington, D.C. Joining me now, I have Paula Martucci from Walmart, Rich Wallace from Microsoft, Gary Sinvagna from Honeywell, and Brian Henley from Coca-Cola. Before we get started, can we just tell us a little bit more about yourselves, um, where you work, and your career path? Well, my name is Paula Martucci, and I am in-house at Walmart Stores, and we're located in Bentonville, Arkansas, and um, I manage product liability litigation and, um, and work on consumer protection issues. And I'm Rich Wallace, and I work at uh, Microsoft in Redmond, Washington, and my current uh, role, I've been there 18 years, my current role is uh, leading the legal team that supports the office product and services group. I'm Gary Zanfagna. I'm with Honeywell. Uh, in our headquarters in Morris Plains, New Jersey. I've been with Honeywell for 17 years, I think. I'm responsible for antitrust issues for Honeywell globally. I'm Brian Henry, uh, Vice President, Senior Managing Counsel uh, with our Coca-Cola North America Legal Division based in Atlanta. I've been with Coca-Cola for 15 years and responsible for North America antitrust issues and several business units, including our uh, Minute Maid Division out of Houston, and our venturing and emerging brands uh, business located in Los Angeles. Great. Um, starting with Brian, so you've had uh, various positions in the antitrust section. Can you talk a little bit more about your involvement and what you do currently? Sure. I've uh, been in section leadership for approximately 20 years now. Um, was initially invited to attend the Thursday night uh, dinner by a partner when I was at uh, Jones Day as a young associate in here we are 20 years later, and, and now I'm a program officer. So I um, am responsible for uh, assisting and arranging all of the uh, CLE programs of the, of the section. We hold at least seven uh, major CLE conferences uh, each year uh, with an attendance of probably approximately six or 7,000 uh, attendees, uh, including the, uh, the spring meeting at which we're attending now. Great. Um, what about you, Gary? What do you do currently for the section? So I have been involved with the section for, for a similarly long time as Brian, maybe not quite as long, but, but a long time. I'm currently the um, delegate representative to the House of Delegates to the ABA um, for our section, uh, which is an interesting position where I represent our interests, our section's interests um, with the bigger uh, antitrust section, uh, the bigger ABA. Before that, I've been been a number of different positions, finance officer, communications officer, secretary. So I've done a lot of different roles as a leader in the leadership of, uh, of the antitrust section. Okay. Rich, can you just talk about what you do currently for the section? I've got the best job in the section. I'm former chair of the section from uh, 2004, 2005. Um, I've been coming to the spring meeting since 1980. Obviously, uh, before I became section chair, I had a number of different jobs. Uh, in the section chairing committees, being on the council, uh, several officer positions. Great, and Paula, what about you? Well, I'm currently on the leadership council and I'm also the liaison to the Commission on Women in the Profession in the larger ABA. But um, my journey to get to those roles really began as a vice chair in the Robinson-Patman Committee. And then I had an opportunity to work in publications on a state treatise and be on the uh, corporate counseling committee and uh, membership and diversity. So. 
um, lots of different opportunities, um, administrative committees, substantive committees, and publications. And um, in each of those roles, you learn a lot of different skills that, um, that hopefully continue to grow and, and take on additional responsibility in the mm -hmm. section. Great. And Paula, so you've been at your company for a very long time. Um, can you talk a little bit about what's changed um, in the in-house practice for you? Well, I've been at Walmart for 20 years, and when I started, there were only about 16 lawyers, and so each of us wore many hats, and I was hired um, because I'd been a prosecutor and had experience doing litigation. So one of my main roles was managing um, lawsuits, but um, we also were given transaction and corporate counseling responsibility, and I was assigned the grocery division, and um, and so in doing that, I ended worked on a lot of pricing issues and competition and different things like that. And so I had to learn about antitrust. Um, in fact, I didn't call myself an antitrust lawyer. I was, I was just a, a business counselor and had to spot issues. And so in doing that, I ended up going to a compliance conference and somebody said, why aren't you a member of the antitrust section? I'm like, well, I don't practice antitrust law. I do pricing. <laughs> and they're like, that fits. But mm -hmm. what's been really interesting is in, in a corporation, especially as it grows, you sort of flow to where they need you to work on things. Mm -hmm. And so I also had a chance to work on um, information security and privacy. And so the great thing about the section is there's a committee for that. Um, and I've worked on lots of different consumer protection issues. And we continue to grow that part of our section. Um, and that's really a lot of what I'm doing right now. So um, my company's grown and my opportunities to work on different projects have grown. The best thing of all is that um, they all come under the same umbrella for the section of antitrust. And so I've been able to learn more about those areas of practice through the section, and that's helped me do a better job in-house. So it's been a nice relationship professionally to develop with the section. Mm, that's great. Yeah. And Rich, you've also been at your company for a long time, but you've also been extensively in private practice as well. Can you talk a little bit about the differences that you see between private and being in-house? Uh, sure. Well, the practice of law has changed a lot in the time that I've been practicing. But uh, I would say that two things that um, are most interesting in the difference between private practice and, and my in-house practice is the speed at which things move. In private practice, there was more time to reflect. And I think uh, inside a company, um, when you're asked a question, the answer is needed immediately. So um, that, that's one thing that's, um, I think, significant. And then the other thing is moving, even though you're with one client, I think all of the clients here are in multiple, multiple lines of businesses. And so you still get the chance to um, move um, into different industries uh, with different issues. But I'll echo what Paula said. Um, in all the years that I've been coming to the spring meeting and participating in antitrust section events, no matter what job I've had, inside or outside, I've always found touchstones at the spring meeting in particular, um, programs that were very interesting or compelling for what I was doing right now. And Brian, I think you've also had a lot of private practice background. Can you talk about maybe what sort of different skill sets you've gained from going in-house versus being in private? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> I found that the practicing at a law firm versus working in-house really are entirely two separate jobs. You're, you can be an antitrust lawyer at a company or in a firm, but they, what you do on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis really is substantially different and require... Uh, different skill sets or different emphasis. 
uh, whenever, when, as Rich mentioned, when you're in a, a law firm environment, and particularly in the antitrust world, you tend to work on uh, one or two very large projects and um, have the opportunity to get very in-depth with that, with that project, understanding uh, the very, very deep intricacies of the antitrust issues uh, that are at hand. Uh, and expected to to understand a project to that level. When you're in-house, uh, I kind of liken it to working in an emergency room, that particularly when you have a lot of business clients, particularly in the antitrust world where you're working with business clients who are making day-to-day -day decisions on how to go out with a new marketing program, enter into a new contract, maybe a little different than, say, working in-house in a real estate division or or some other group where you don't, have that kind of day-to-day -day or hour-to-hour -hour, uh, interaction. But um, the, the real skill set is seeing a uh, very wide variety, uh, first of all, a significant number of, of issues, a wide variety of issues with entirely different fact patterns, and the uh, pressure to make a decision essentially on the spot. And what you bring in that to that role is judgment, in my view. Uh, you have to quickly identify on the legal risk spectrum if you're way to the right with a problem that's just, you know, red light, stop, can't go that direction, uh, or on the, the far left where you've got a green light, no problem, but of course every issue that comes is kind of right in the middle and requires you to use all of your experience and judgment to, to come up with a, an appropriate recommendation on how to proceed. I would just add one thing, other thing that I think I've learned in-house, and that is Lawyer's stock and trade is the ability to communicate. Mm. When you're in-house and you're speaking with executives, you don't have five pages, 10 pages, 12 pages to persuade them. You've got two minutes. Mm. And so your communication skills, I think, as an in-house lawyer, and I'm getting nods around the table, mm. um, have to be crisp, quick, and succinct. That's actually what I was going to say. The, um, the reality is, you know, you have to give very quick answers and, and, and very simple answers. I mean, you have to, that's what's kind of challenging about antitrust, in my opinion, is mm -hmm. really the issues can be very complicated and very complex and it's facts driven and all that good stuff. But the, the scene leadership doesn't care about that. You know, they want an answer and you better be right about it. So you have to think really fast and you have to really boil things down really quickly, in my opinion, and make sure that you're right. Because it's just, you just can't be wrong. So I think you have to be really quick and very simple. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I would add to that in terms of communication, which it is all about communication, um, is the ability to come to a solution that, I mean, often the business is trying to get somewhere. I mean, obviously something that's per se illegal or something that's you know, wrong, you know, that's an easy one. Um, but complex business, you know, matters that have an, a really significant antitrust implication or impact, um, you have to have a a clear, simple answer, and you have to be able to communicate to the different people involved, to the different senior people involved who are trying to come up with an answer to, to take the business in a certain direction. And it has to be, so you have to be able to meld together interests, is my yeah. point. Yeah, I would just add, add, I think, Gary, that um, having the opportunity to advise on, I would say literally, at least in my experience, thousands of issues a year, you also see what the impact of your decision was and so you build kind of a knowledge base of Definitely. here's what I advised, here's how either, you know, from a business perspective, how right. that issue worked out, from a legal perspective, how that worked out. You build that experience base that I, I don't see how you could really get that experience other than being 
in that there. kind of emergency room yep. type, and, type environment. And the, the thing that I would add to that is you have to be a student of your business. Your clients don't come knock on your door and say, I have an antitrust issue. You have to be in their meetings or um, keeping up with what kind of um, new ventures they're exploring and be able to issue spot. And then that goes back to keeping up with hot topics in the section and in antitrust and consumer protection. Like we have a monthly conference call uh, where the corporate counseling committee gives you updates. And when you're listening to it, it might not apply to you, but a week later you may be sitting in a business meeting mm -hmm. and you've got to spot that issue and say, hey, you know, we need to either get more information on this or see how this applies. But um, you've got to be embedded with your client in order to spot issues for them. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds very exciting to be an in-house attorney. Gary, so since you've had, you know, background in, um, at the FTC as well, can you talk about um, how, you know, you bring all these experiences together as an sure. in-house attorney? Sure. I have had the opportunity and privilege to be at the FTC as well as in a law firm and is now uh, in-house. So I have had an interesting opportunity, in my opinion, in my career to have experienced sort of three different elements of practicing antitrust law. They're all very different. Um, they bring, you know, a, a different perspectives and different responsibilities and different focuses. But uh, I think to, to be able to bring the outside law firm private practice experience in-house, as well as the government perspective in-house, helps a lot in terms of understanding issues that um, and how to solve issues and how to represent to to your clients in-house, in you know, solutions to, to, to questions and issues that, that, that they're facing, particularly um, with with mergers. We do a, I do a lot of transactional work and and also investigations that, you know, when the government's looking at things. So it's very helpful to have that background when you're advising your clients on sort of what's going on, how to do it, what the problem is, where it's going, what the right way to handle this is, et cetera, et cetera. So it's been a, you know, a good experience. Yeah, I was going to say, Gary, I think actually having that, law firm experience is probably a prerequisite to being an in-house uh, lawyer. It, I mean, we I, I know that Coca-Cola would not hire a right. fresh out of law school right. uh, person to come in and, and advise. You just couldn't do it. You don't have the experience base to, to rely upon to, to give that advice. It's just having that, that time spent focusing on big matters and understanding the intricacies of what questions to ask and, and what issues to focus on is a critical base to being in-house. Absolutely. I agree mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. And um, can each of you maybe talk about what about in-house practice that you enjoy the most and what makes you stay at your company? So what's interesting about my role, um, I've been in Honeywell now for 17 years, 15 years, something like that. The practice of law has changed a lot. Okay, I mean, we do a lot of deals, as I said, and and our business our businesses have grown uh, globally, in particular. And so, my focus on antitrust or competition law, whatever you want to call it, is far different than it was 15 years ago. Um, and what the substantive issues that I need to know and need to understand and be able to advise on are very different. And I mean, they're global now. I mean, I. I talk with Europe all the time. I, I'm responsible for Europe. I talk with China. I'm responsible for China. Um, I uh, have the U.S. law that evolves, and 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 our businesses have changed um, over time. We buy and we sell and we grow. Um, and so that what's interesting to me is how much my while I'm still the antitrust lawyer for the company, the company has changed, and the businesses have changed, and the issues have changed, and the people that I advise have changed over time. And so that's been a really um, great opportunity and a real challenge to to grow with the company. Mm -hmm. 
I would agree with that. It's, it's an adventure. My company has grown tenfold, and we're in more countries and that type of thing. The laws have changed. Um, when I first started, privacy and information security uh, weren't as front and center as it is today. Um, so it's, it's been an adventure growing and learning new areas of law and trying to serve the company. But the one constant has always been um, service to our customers and being customer focused. And so part of my passion is consumer protection and, um, and being able to be an agent for our customers in how we come up with policies or procedures or products or um, just taking care of our customers is a key focus. And so it's great to be in a role where I can impact that and be a positive influence. I've always loved steep learning curves. And uh, you would think that you come into a company or you come into a role and you're on a steep learning curve for six months or 12 months or 18 months. I've been on a steep learning curve my entire professional career. And, and since I've been in-house, as both Gary and Paula have said, um, companies have grown, acquisitions, uh, uh, organic growth, and the opportunity to learn new things every single day and to have an impact on, uh, on people and lives all over the world through the, the companies that we work for uh, is, is really impactful. Yeah, I would just, um, I guess, mention two or three things. One is the uh, wide variety of issues that come before you. Every day is, is interesting. The opportunity, frankly, to help business folks uh, resolve an issue and seeing the satisfaction on their face that they're comfortable that they're going to be able to undertake some activity without causing a, a, a major issue. Um, when you're working in a, in a law firm environment, that could be years before something is resolved as opposed to obviously you know, within an hour, days, weeks, but it's a much shorter time frame getting to uh, a successful resolution and helping the business uh, move along, which is What's fun. really fun about being in a company um, which is different than being in the government or being in a law firm is you're part of an organization that's doing something, that's producing something, that's making something, that's selling something that makes their projected, their necessary growth numbers for the quarter, for the year. And it's really exciting to be a part of an enterprise. I mean, I feel, you know, you won't be at a company for very long, in my opinion, if you're not contributing and if you're not a part of the enterprise and you're not a trusted participant and leader in the organization and and it's a it's really fun to be a part of that it's really fun to be able to contribute to that in your in your legal way in your way however it is um that's different than winning a case that's different than bringing a lawsuit or uh writing a policy statement or something for the government i mean you're part of an enterprise that's that's doing something that's adding to the to the economy it's adding to the country you know it's adding to you know people it's a it's it's really an exciting it's very different and it's really exciting to be a part of that mm. so. and i just have one final question for all of you so we talked a lot about your professional careers um, going back to your section involvement can you talk about a story or um, share how your leadership roles have been very important to you professionally or personally well i i'll give you three quick ways in which the section has been uh, enormously helpful to me throughout my career. So I started in private practice as a, a young associate in the litigation practice in Seattle and started coming to these meetings in 1980. And at the time, the practice wasn't as nationalized and globalized as it was now. So very soon, um, it became a source of business for me because of the people I'd met here, and they knew a lawyer in Seattle, and I was that lawyer in Seattle. 
So, so that was uh, very impactful. The section programs at the spring meeting have always been impactful for me. And it's incredible the depth and the breadth and the knowledge that you get out of these programs and from talking to speakers um, after a program. And then finally, and I, I would say most importantly, is the friendships I've developed over 38 years of uh, coming to these meetings. Uh, these are some of the best friends of my life, and I look forward to coming back and seeing them. And I connect with them outside of the section and inside of the section, and that's been hugely important and I think is a strong, strong selling point for the section. So professionally, I think the section is invaluable to my career. Um, I, I'm an antitrust lawyer by trade, and I started a big law firm in Washington. I started with the section because, you know, frankly, I was told to go to the section. They, they signed me up, and I started participating. And it is incredibly helpful in what you can learn substantively through section activities. Um, I have found it also really helpful and important to my professional development as when I left Washington, I moved to New Jersey, right? So I was in, in a law firm in Washington, I was in the government, um, and then I, then I went to New Jersey, right? And that's, you know, it's not an epicenter of antitrust in New Jersey, right? And so I've really enjoyed and I found very helpful and important to be connected with the antitrust community, the antitrust issues, antitrust law through the, through the, through the antitrust section. I mean, it's clearly, it is the leader in, in, in the antitrust substance and involvement. So that's been professionally really important to me. Personally, as Rich said, I have developed some great friends and great relationships through the section. We spend a lot of time and a lot of effort doing programs, participating in, in different things that the section does. And we do that because, at least I do that, and Rich you know, kind of confirmed that, and I think same with Brian uh, and Paul, for that, for that matter. I mean, these are my friends, and we, I really enjoy spending time with them. Um, these are people that I admire and I respect and I learn from and I trust and uh, and I really uh, enjoy being a part of the organization. So, I mean, that's that's very important to me. Yeah. So I would say one of the um, key benefits to personal, professional benefits to participating in the section is um, getting a comfort that I'm at least aware of what the antitrust issues are uh, in, the, in the world. Antitrust, as Rich mentioned, has uh, expanded geographically, subject matter-wise, uh, you know, talking mergers, cartels, private antitrust litigation. The, the complexity uh, is, um, is actually striking. I mean, we have 70 major programs going on here that are just a fraction of the, the really the issues that you could run across in your day-to-day -day antitrust practice. And there's really no way to keep up on every one of those issues and fully understanding all of the implications of all of the cases, the government enforcement actions uh, that, are, that are happening in the world. It's just moving far too fast. However, being a uh, member of the section and being in, in the leadership, you have the opportunity to be exposed to those issues on a regular, ongoing, uh, routinized basis so that I think I, I feel great comfort that I'm not likely to get a question that I haven't at least had some initial exposure to and I also understand who to reach out to to, to very quickly. You know, we have 8,500 members in the antitrust section. We've got a directory. You can find anyone geographically, subject matter-wise, and get a quick opinion on something. You're going to, you know, you can find the expert uh, almost instantaneously by having those network the networks and the, the connections that you get through being in the antitrust section. So. Mm -hmm. 
And for me, I am in a, a rural part of the country. I'm in Arkansas. And I had previously been in practice in Dallas and had been very active in the local bar association. But where I am, there isn't an active antitrust practice. So for me, being a part of the antitrust section and coming to the spring meeting and different events connects me to people all over the world that are doing consumer protection and antitrust. Uh, as an individual, I would have to say one of the biggest benefits I've had are my leadership opportunities and the mentoring from the amazing people in the section. But even things like chairing a committee have helped me be a better in-house counsel because I manage outside counsel for litigation and that mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, it's given me an opportunity to speak on panels. It's given me an opportunity to improve my writing, doing written materials and publications. And, um, and I would have to echo what everyone else has said, which is, being a part of the antitrust community has given me friendships and um, lifelong um, support system and, um, and an opportunity to mentor the next generation. And I wouldn't be able to do that where I work and live right now without meeting these people and, um, and growing my career through the opportunities and the friendships in the section. Well, it looks like we've reached the end of our program. I wanna thank our guests for joining us, but also for your involvement in the section and growing it as, as you've had. I'm really benefiting from it. And if our listeners have questions or wish to follow up with you, how can they reach you? R. Wallace, W-A-L-L-I-S at Microsoft.com. Paula Martucci at WalmartLegal.com. So it's Paula.Martucci at WalmartLegal.com. Gary.Zanfagna at Honeywell.com. B-R-I Henry at coca-cola.com. Great. Uh, this has been another edition of Special Reports. I'm January Kim. Until next time, thank you for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.